101.5 WMFO Tufts Freeform Radio. I don't know what we're yelling about! And a pleasant good morning to you wherever you may be, however you may be listening. This is indeed the Shooky Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Touch Reform Radio streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thank you for making this show part of your Wednesday morning. This is a special edition of the Shooky Wright Show. We were originally going to come on at 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., but a shift in schedule allowed me to come on at 9 a.m. instead. And usually I start off the show talking about, oh, it's a beautiful morning. It's beautiful outside or like something along those lines from time to time. But this morning, I'm frankly in no mood to talk about how beautiful it is outside when it is a dark day in the world of Major League Baseball. I can't sit here and act all surprised and shocked that yesterday's conclusion of the of the negotiations between Major League Baseball owners and the Major League Baseball Players Association resulted in the way that it did. In fact, I was hoping for great news. I was hoping for a new day. After all, most baseball fans stayed up into the wee hours of Tuesday morning hoping that a new deal would be in place, a new CBA, so that opening day will still, in fact, be on March 31st. But as it turned out, there was no new deal. So we went into yesterday morning with the expectation and belief that they were going to spend all day yesterday up until the 5 o'clock deadline, hammering out a new deal. As I was checking into Twitter yesterday, and I saw the updates as it was happening throughout the day, now I began to feel worried. I began to feel concerned. Because after all of the positive feelings and all of the, the warm, fuzzy hope of baseball finally getting its act together, it just died. It died slowly a slow, painful death, like an animal that just suddenly got struck out of nowhere on a busy highway, left bleeding out to die. Yes, I am going that morbid this morning because that is exactly what's happening in baseball right now. It is literally bleeding out, left to die. You have no one to blame but the owners in this situation. Whatever side that you want to pick, Whatever side that you want to be on, that's on you, the individual. But my anger is with the owners. Because you have had how long? You had an extraordinary amount of days to get this figured out. You had weeks, months, years 
Hell, you had 43 days from the day that you instituted the lockout. Because, again, it was you, the owners, who instituted the lockout. Not the players. The players didn't walk off. You instituted the lockout. 43 days, nothing, radio silence. You basically sat on your thumbs, twiddling around, hoping that, well, we're just going to drag our asses and and come to the collective bargaining table when we are ready and when we feel like it. So now all, all of a sudden, we're, we're basically a fed that, oh, we're trying to work, we're trying to get a deal done late Monday night. All of that for what? All that for what? To put on a facade that, oh, we really care about baseball starting on time? No, you don't. No, you don't. You never did. You never did. And what makes this disgusting is that it if it wasn't clear before, it's clear now. They never negotiated in good faith. Because if they truly wanted to negotiate in good faith, what would have happened is they wouldn't have let 43 days go by between first instituting a lockout and when they decided to come to the negotiating table. That's what that is for sure. That is a lot of time to waste. That is a lot of time to just sit around, do nothing, let time go by. And then when suddenly you want to institute a deadline, now you want to get things rolling. It's the good old college student procrastinating until when it gets closer to deadline and when the paper is due, oh my gosh, let me pull an all-nighter and hopefully turn in a good product. No, except that the owners are the ones that are receiving the F. The owners are the ones who are receiving the F from the media, from the fans, and from everyone that cares deeply about baseball. So no, this isn't a good morning for baseball fans. Many of you just have the cavalier attitude of, okay, I'll just find other things to, to fill in my time. And I get that. But holy smokes, if you are at the point in which that you're fed up, I don't blame you one bit. I don't blame you one bit for feeling fed up, for feeling frustrated with Major League Baseball and their inability to get their own head out of their ass. Because that's exactly what we've we've come to at this point. They can't get out of their own way. They're still stuck in the idea of we're going to collect the money, we're going to collect the big part of the pie, the big chunk of the pie, and the players, well, they'll just, they'll just receive just a small portion, and they expect them to be okay with it. If you have any thoughts, the phone lines are open. You can call on the 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. Like, spare me the whole notion of this is millionaires versus billionaires. If you are still with that whole thought process and you're still with that whole mindset of millionaires versus billionaires, then you are not getting the message. You are not getting the point of all of this. You are not understanding what's happening. It was never millionaires versus billionaires. 
you want a surefire way to damage a sport that is already dying in this country, this is it. The cancellation of games. And then, oh, by the way, the owners, the commissioner, they could still play games, still have the games going as scheduled, and still negotiate a new CBA. But no, they want to turn around and prove to the world who the bigger and the badder boys are. And in the end, it's you and I that are ultimately the losers. Who are ultimately the losers in all of this? The fans. And who are ultimately the winners? The players. Say what you will about Scott Burris having a hand in the negotiations. Say what you will about Tony Clark. But what the players are asking for was not anything out of the extraordinary or even out of the ordinary. They wanted a fair share of the deal. I don't see anything wrong with that. If you are a multi-billion dollar business like Major League Baseball is, as recently noted as they collected and earned $10.7 billion in revenues... The players are like, well, why why can't we get a bigger a, a bigger piece of the pie? Do you blame them? Because ultimately, what it showed me was the owners as a whole, they're more concerned about collecting the money in the bottom line than they are taking care of the product that's on the field. And the product that's on the field is who? The players. Without the players, there is no product on the field. And if they're not taken care of, guess what? The product suffers. The product ultimately suffers in various different ways. There's levels of anger that I feel this morning as it pertains to the, to the, to the lockout first of its kind since 1990. This is not a strike. The strike happened in 1994. 1990 was the last time Major League Baseball had a lockout. And they missed a grand total of 32 games to start the 1990 season. But I am genuinely angry and genuinely frustrated as a baseball fan I'm not even frustrated. I'm really feeling more anger more than anything else. Frustrated is probably putting it mildly because I grew up a lifelong baseball fan. I grew up loving the sport deeply, caring about it deeply. Before I got into hockey, before I got into the NFL, before I began watching the NBA, baseball was my first love. Baseball may never be the same. It will be never be looked at the same. How could you possibly look at it the same knowing now, knowing full well now that the owners and the commissioner don't give a damn about the sport? That's not an opinion. That is a fact. They don't care about the sport the way that you would hope that they would. 
I mean, this is the same commissioner that called the World Series trophy a piece of metal. So that in itself should tell you everything that you need to know. How could we ever look at the sport the same way in which they refused? They absolutely refused to negotiate in good faith. They never did. And that has to be the part that makes you feel absolutely sick. It makes me feel sick this morning just even sitting here talking about how the owners found a way to absolutely screw baseball and did they ever. So you want to blame guys like John Henry, Hal Steinbrenner, like go ahead. Ed, I mean, Ed Crane or whatever the hell his name is for the owner of the Houston Astros. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. I look outside right now here on March 2nd. Spring training games are supposed to be played today. Spring training games are supposed to be happening. We're supposed to be getting fired up for a 1 o'clock spring training game on a Wednesday on MLB Network. Instead, we have no baseball to look forward to on the major league side, that is. We still got the minor league baseball season coming up, and you still got the college baseball season coming up. But, man, how do you go on the MLB app, if at all, and not have a level of disgust and look of disdain on your face and say to yourself, what a crock of crap the sport is in right now. What a crock of crap the owners are right about now, especially the commissioner. I like... How the hell did you go in front of the world yesterday after 5 o'clock with a smile on your face just before you're about to start speaking about canceling games? Like, I'm not even surprised. Why? Because this is the same coward backwards own, I mean, commissioner, excuse me, who in the midst of the Astros cheating scandal basically gave the Astros a slap in the wrist. If we're being totally honest, this is the same spineless individual who absolutely does not care about the sport and the fact that the sport is dying. This, in more ways than one, is going to be the death of the sport as we know it. They are going to need to figure out how to get fans engaged again when baseball does return. Because baseball will return at some point. When? That's anybody's guess. I don't know. But the damage is done. And it's a sad, dark day for the baseball world, for the sports world, and for baseball fans across the country. Regardless of what team you root for, it is a horrific day. March 31st was supposed to be opening day. It was supposed to be the national holiday for baseball fans, if you, if you will, of all 30 teams getting ready to embark on, on the start of 2022 season. Now, you don't even know if there will be a 2022 season 
And if so, when it will start, if at all. I'm here with you until 10 o'clock. It's only a one-hour show today. So you can call into the program at 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. Feel free to call in. Coming up next... Just how deep is the damage of this lockout for the sport, long-term and even in the short-term? I want to give you my thoughts on that, plus much more coming up next right here on the Shooker Wright Show, 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford, Touch Reform Radio. Federal government alone spends $4.5 billion a year locking up people for drug offenses. It costs almost $28,000 a year just to incarcerate one prisoner. Compare that to the average annual tuition at a four-year public college, which is $5,491, and you realize that the drug war is blurring our nation's priorities. Taxpayers' money would be much better spent educating people instead of punishing them. But thanks to ever-increasing mandatory minimum drug sentences, an entire class of young people are being filtered into new supermax prisons while the resulting budget crunch forces the rest of us to go to old, dilapidated schools. The more money we dump into prisons, the less we have to invest in college campuses. Visit www.schoolsnotprisons.com to find out how you can get involved in the war against the war on drugs. And if you think you can 
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford, Touch Freeform Radio, streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. I'm going to go to the phone lines in just a bit. If you want to call into the program, call in at 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. Let's go to Connor in Andover, who is running the program now. This is the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO. What's going on, man? Hey, Shukri. What's going on, my man? I'm good, man. Just trying to hang in there uh, on a on a morning that I think it's a pretty dark day for baseball fans all across. What's your thoughts? I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. So, I, I mean, I, I just can't help but think that, you know, the owners and, and the players that were going back and forth, I mean, about as little as you can be. Um, but, I mean, the owners have proposed some changes that I, quite frankly, think has been horse crap so far during these negotiations. And if if you were the owners slash the, the MLB Players Association, I was just curious what, what changes, if any, you would make to the game. You know, baseball's kind of is slowly getting less and less traction with fans. Um, so I was just curious, you know, if there was any changes do you, uh, that, that you would make to the game itself, maybe spice things up a bit. Love what you're doing with the program. I know it's a shorter show today, so I'll hang up and listen. I appreciate the call, uh, Connor. Thank you so much, man. Um, to answer your question, I think first and foremost, figure out why is it taking the game four hours to play every night for a nine-inning affair. That's number one. And that's been a sticking point for a lot of years now, especially most recent, the last five years, where the average time 
per game across Major League Baseball has gone up. And I just think that if you want to make any sort of radical changes, you got to at least start there. That's number one. Number two, get rid of the start at second base rule in the extra innings, which they did. That was going to be part of the changes as part of the new CBA. But baseball has deeper problems than than just like just the, the rules aspect and so forth. And as Connor mentioned, Connor from Andover, thank you for the phone call. Baseball is losing traction with the fans. Like the product is getting stale. How do you begin to try to make this a fun product for fans to enjoy again? Because in 94, after the 94 strike, you had fans that were very slow and reluctant to return back because they were angry with the players. And then you had the advent of the steroid era. And we all know now what took place during that steroid era, although during that time, during that time and period between 1996 to to like 2007, we didn't really fully know or understand what was happening. And if I really wanted to like shrink down that time period, let's go between 1997 to 2005, specifically that time when baseball was at the height of the steroid era, especially in the late 90s at the beginning of the, of the, of the new millennium. But one idea that I do have in terms of how to improve the sport, how to make it more entertaining, is you, you could start by, by, first and foremost, stop allowing analytics to destroy the sport. Because if you are a hardcore baseball fan and you are aware, keenly aware of what's going on on the field, there's no way that you could sit here and deny that analytics has played a role in the destruction of the product on the field. I'm sorry. You just can't. I could sit here and tell you the difference between watching baseball in 2004 when analytics did not play as big of a role in the sport at that time versus watching baseball in 2021. There was a massive difference. Baseball was truly more entertaining in 2004. You relied on good old baseball instincts, hit and run. You know, you could also rely on, you know, hitting behind the runner, driving in runs with less than two outs. What's your batting average with runners in scoring position? What's your batting average? which two strikes or less than two strikes. Those are things that we really enjoyed and focused our attention on. Not the idea of what's his launch angle or, well, if a pitcher faces this bat, this lineup a third time through, in the very least, he's going to get lit up like the 4th of July. Like, no, we, we didn't worry about that in 2004, 2005. You let the pitcher go as far and as long as he can. So get rid of analytics. 
And I know that's a little unrealistic because you're never going to be able to completely give it an analytics out of baseball. But minimize its impact in the game. Baseball is no longer run by pure strategy. It's run by numbers, and that's the problem. That is exactly the problem. If you have any thoughts you want to share in regards to the Major League Baseball lockout itself, feel free to call in at 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. It's amazing to think how, how far the sport has fallen in a very short period of time under Commissioner Manfred. It's not to say that things were perfect under Bud Selig, because I think we all know that it wasn't. The Stewart era, most notably. But I'll be the first to tell you, man, Manfred has done a great job as commissioner destroying baseball. He has done a phenomenal job of taking a product that was actually flourishing. It was flourishing under C-League. Despite the problems that baseball had, it was most notably cleaning up the sport of steroid use and so forth. But that was the biggest issue. And now when you look back on it, you're like, oh my God, that was that that although that was an issue at the time, but that was that was like really minuscule in comparison to what you're seeing now. Now you have to wait four and a half hours to get through a nine inning marathon. Heaven forbid if it's Yankees Red Sox, you may be waiting five hours. That's where we're at. The game is gearing towards the older generation, and I'm not even sure that the older generation is enjoying it as much as they once did. It is just baffling that we find ourselves... <laughs> that we find ourselves on this Wednesday morning, March 2nd, at a time that usually we are talking about spring training games in progress. We're talking about baseball can't even get out of its own way because it chooses what is always done best in the last three or four years. And what is that? Self-sabotage. Like, Baseball right now is equivalent to the human being who enjoys self-sabotage. Think about it. A person who self-sabotages knows the triggers or knows what it has to do in order to just cut off whatever that is good and whatever that is beneficial for that individual. Baseball knows what it needs to do to appeal to the fans. But in reality, they choose to do the exact opposite of pleasing and appeasing the fans. Baseball has become the master of self-sabotage. A sport that can't get out, get out of its own way. You ever been in a relationship with someone in which you notice that they have toxic traits and they are known to, to, to self-sabotage or even sabotage in general? 
Yeah. My relationship with baseball is like a relationship with that girl who is notoriously known to self-sabotage and will do anything to sabotage that is that anything that is good for her own self-prophecy's sake. And that's where we all were Commissioner Manfred because he had this sick prophecy that we were going to cancel games if they don't agree to, to what we're going to give the players, and that's exactly what he did. So, basically, baseball is equivalent to a, self, to a relationship with a self-sabotaging individual. My relationship with baseball is basically like that right now. I still love baseball, and I can't get away from it. I just can't. Yet, for some reason, I keep going back to it. I keep going back to her. I keep going back to, to what I love because it, just, it, it makes me feel good, but it hurts. The relationship is, is dying. It's slowly being drained away. That's baseball right now. We got about maybe 25 minutes remaining left in the program. So we are going to take a music break. Coming up next, I'm going to give you my thoughts on the Bruins and the Celtics game last night. Step aside from the baseball talk as that is absolutely depressing as hell. So call into the program 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. You're listening to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford, Touch Reform Radio.
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO and Medford Touch Reform Radio streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. Call into the program at 855-915-WMFO. 855-915-9636 is the number to call in. I saw an article that was written by Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic and Fox Sports um, during the music break and as I was reading it, it just felt like this anger that I feel as a baseball fan really began to to grow even more. And I did promise that I was going to talk some Bruins and Celtics and so forth 
and I'm going to uh, I'm going to keep my my word on that one. And um, you talk about uh, the Bruins last night, in which in which that they they fall to the Anaheim Ducks. Um, they they felt they lost a four to three last night, and and listen, like the game in itself, the Bruins they were due for a clunker. They've had a great road trip so far. They got a game um, against the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow night, and then also Saturday night they're in Columbus as well. So, so like unfortunately, like the Bruins, they just could not like capitalize. Um, after the late goal by Trevor Zegers, he scored 22 seconds left in the game um, to to end the Bruins' uh, five-game winning streak. And it, man, it was a painful loss to say the least. And like how it all came to be was basically uh, Ryan Getzlaff he drew like a hooking penalty against um, Charlie McAvoy, 45 seconds remaining in the in the third period. And and you you got to give uh, credit to uh, to Getzlaff for drawing the penalty. There, but the Bruins' uh, penalty kill and, and the inability to kill off the penalty ultimately did them in. So, as far as the Boston Bruins go, um, I don't think it's something that I would necessarily like completely like blow a gasket over. I mean, it was it was a tough loss, like literally in the waning moments of the third period. But I will say that um, I, I had an opportunity to to make an appearance on the podcast last night. And one thing that I did say, and I was very emphatic about my biggest concern at this point for the Bruins is Don Sweeney in terms of what is he going to do come the March 21st deadline. It's coming up in 19 days and decisions have to be made. Decisions have to be made. And also Don Sweeney is in the last year of his contract. So, this is a pivotal role for the Boston Bruins. Uh, even though despite the Bruins have been playing well on the road and they, they lost a heartbreaker last night to the Anaheim Ducks, but the reality is that the Bruins, they are at a crossroads. They're going to have to make a decision soon in terms of what are they going to do at the trade deadline? Are they going to be making any moves? They should, but are they going to is another question. And if so, who are they targeting? I mean, that remains to be seen. Now, the Boston Celtics, <laughs> they are a different story, my man. They are a different story. Last night, <laughs> I got to be honest with you, I, I watched I watched um, very little of the game last night, but I did have, I did have an opportunity to, to, check, to peep in here and there. Um, they played the Atlanta Hawks. They, they beat the Hawks last night, 107-98. to And... The one thing that I will I will say is that Jason Tatum he put up another thirty piece last night. He scored thirty three points. But for me, the big story is is that the Celtics they allowed the Hawks to score sixty five points in the first half, yet kept the Hawks under a hundred points. For me, that in itself says an awful lot for where the Celtics are defensively, and that they have truly been the best defensive team in the NBA by and large part during this calendar year 2022 so far. And it's been a big reason for their turnaround. And also, while we're talking about last night's game, we can't talk, we can't not talk about Jalen Brown because that injury, oh man. 
He had a sprained ankle early in the first quarter that that literally led all of Celtics Nation to hold its collective breath. It was rather uh, pretty uh, scary, to say the least. I was concerned. And and in his his absence, you really got to applaud Derek White. And I'm telling you, the Derek White addition for the Boston Celtics is looking more and more like a a move of stroke of genius by the part of uh, Brad Stevens because he has been huge in critical games and critical moments for this team during this hot run. And I just think that it was it was going to be imperative that Derek Wright was going to get comfortable being a Celtic each and every day. And he did. 18 points and five assists last night, and he was a factor in last night's game and last night's win over the Atlanta Hawks. You know, like, it definitely looked like after the Jalen Brown injury that the Celtics were, they were kind of like in a, in a malaise, if you will. Like, they were just kind of like, okay, uh, uh, like, you know how someone, when someone gets like a big hit, like on the field or on the ice, and they're just kind of like in a daze? That was the Celtics last night when Jalen Brown uh, left the game with, that, with the sprained ankle injury. But after they were able to figure things out, they they absolutely just found a way to kick their game into another gear and and perform at a high level. And you talk about the adjustments that the Celtics made. The Celtics, despite I mean, despite trailing like as much as seventeen points in the second quarter, it showed that Emeodoka made the adjustment that he needed to make at halftime because when the Celtics went on that 14-0 run to start the third quarter, I just saw a team that was a lot more focused and as well as defensively committed to taking away um, scoring opportunities for the Atlanta Hawks by and large part. And despite Jalen Brown not being in the game, you got to applaud Jason Tatum for stepping up and perform and having a performance that he did last night. And I, d- I do think that it's going to be fascinating to watch to see how this team continues to, to like to move forward, especially now that we are in the month of March. And the Celtics, they have some big games coming up. Obviously, we all know about the the Kevin Garnett um retirement game that's coming up on the 13th of March. That's a Sunday. They also, But also before then, they got the game against the, the Memphis Grizzlies on Thursday. And they also got the game against the Brooklyn Nets Sunday afternoon as well. So they got a couple of uh, really good tests coming up, the Celtics, to see exactly where they are in terms of, of among the elite teams in the NBA. And especially the way that, that John Moran is going right now, whew, I do know that the Celtics are going to have their hands full defensively trying to shut down John Moran, who, by the way, who's just coming off a 52-point performance just a couple of nights ago. So if you have any thoughts on Bruin Celtics, call in at 855-915-WMFO, 855-9636.
And while we are still here, we're going to play a, a, a PSA before we go to music break and then I'll offer you my final thoughts. So here is the PSA brought to you by 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Let's face it, life looks a little different. During these times, we're doing our best to keep our minds and bodies strong. And getting a flu shot helps us stay healthy. So we don't miss out on what matters. Like having game night at home. (coughs) (coughs) Yeah, can't do that while sick with the flu. Now imagine family movie night that your daughter can't live without. (sighs) Well, that's ruined. And don't forget your uncle's socially distanced cookout. See, that's why it's important to be at our strongest. Every year, millions of people in the U.S. get the flu. Especially now. No one has time to miss out on moments that matter. So get your flu shot. Find out more at getmyflushot.org. Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Shukri Right Show on 91.5 FM WMFO and Medford Touch Free From Radio. Coming up next, final thoughts after this music break. You're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO and Medford Touch Free From Radio, streaming nationwide on a tune-in radio app and globally on WMFO.org.
Welcome back to the Sugar Right Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO, and Medford Touch Reform Radio, streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. Final thoughts presented by your truly Sugar Rights of 91.5 FM, WMFO, and Medford. Coming up next after this program, we have, we have another program coming up on the air. It's going to be Dance Music Express. That's from 10 to 11 a.m., so keep it locked in here to 91.5 FM, WMFO, and Medford. Now, with baseball being out of the picture for the time being, there are other ways to enjoy baseball this summer. If there was ever a year where minor league baseball and college baseball could truly fill in the void of of major league baseball and its void that it has left the hearts of many baseball fans across the country, it'll be this year. It'll be now. I have personally decided to take it upon myself that, God willing, this summer that I attend as many Woo Sox or, or should I say Worcester Red Sox minor league home games in Worcester this summer, God willing. And listen, Major Baseball has pissed me off. and I'm sure a lot of baseball fans are feeling the same way. But as my good friend Jared Carabas has done, and I shall do the same myself, Tune in and watch some college baseball. You want to talk about a sport at the collegiate level that is played with passion, intensity, and fervor pitch that you just don't see in the major leagues? It's college baseball. And I love it. The backflips, the the way that the, the team comes out of the field onto the field after a player does something huge. I love that. That's how baseball should be played. So in a year in which Major League Baseball is going to be out of the picture for an unknown period of time, college baseball and minor league baseball is going to be the way to go for me. And I look forward to sharing with you my experiences on both as I attempt to dip my toes into college baseball and minor league baseball. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Sugar Ride Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford. Thanks for tuning in, and I will talk to you again next time. Follow me on Twitter at ShukriWrites, at S-H-U-K-R-I-W-R-I-G-H-T-S for the latest updates regarding the show and when I'll be back on. Shukri Writes signing off. Peace out, everybody. You're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford Touch Reform Radio. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Peace. COVID-19, WMFO DJs are pre-recording their shows for broadcast on air. We can still accept phone calls, but the phone line is in voicemail mode. Call 855-915-9636 and be sure to leave the DJ's name in the voicemail so we can forward it to the correct person. The following program was recorded earlier. Enjoy.